Good afternoon, this is Caleb Arnd with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel, recording for Saturday, May 30th, 2020, where we're going to read from Psalm 119, verses 118 through 128, or sorry, one verses 113 through 128, Proverbs chapter 16, verses 10 and 11, 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 through chapter 16, then John chapter 18, verses 25 through chapter 19, verse 22. Before we get started, though, let's open with a word of prayer and let's go to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity of being able to read and to study and meditate on your word. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, our minds, and our hearts. Help us to listen on purpose, to read on purpose, to pay attention to the message that you have for us from your word. Lord, I know that you have given us your your love letter, your uh, your beginning, your continuance, your ending, everything that you want us to know about you, about your word, about what you've done for us in the past, about what you're currently doing for us and what you're going to do for us in the future as well. Lord, we pray that we could do well as your good faithful servants and to be able to hear that uh, that comment of well done thou good and faithful servant help us to be able to witness for you lord to spread your gospel help us to see souls saved help uh, help us to see people come to you to ask you into their hearts to be your their savior and to be their lord of their life to help them with the temptation of sin, to free them from the bonds, the shackles and chains of sin upon their lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us, help us in our hearts and in our minds to do your will. Lord, protect us, I pray, from the temptation and the drawing of this world away from you and to sin. Help us to live according to your word. Lord, empower us with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Help us to be unified as you are with your Father, with your Spirit, and uh, help us to be unified in you, I pray, Lord God. Help us to send laborers into your harvest. I pray, Lord, send laborers into your harvest to see souls saved. Lord, we pray for healing for those that are fighting cancer and are fighting this virus and are fighting sickness and are fighting disease. We pray for healing for them. We pray for revival in our country. Lord, we pray that you would revive the heart of every American citizen. Help us to once again become a nation that follows after you, Lord, and sends men and women out into the world and into the cities and into the streets to preach your gospel. Help us, Father. I pray, please protect us from destruction and from the, those that are rioting and looting and destroying even the vehicles and the things of law enforcement now and are terrorizing the very cities that they may live in. Lord, we pray for protection for the innocent. We pray for justice for the innocent, for those that have been harmed. We pray for your equity, your fairness, and we pray, Lord, come quickly soon, Lord. We pray that you would... Uh, that you would come, that you would rescue us, that you would show the world that you are truly the one true living God that loves them and wants them to be saved but must, must judge sin. Lord, we pray for mercy. We pray for help. We pray for your leading and your guidance in our lives. Help our leaders, our president, our country, our congressmen, all to do the right things. Convict them of sin, I pray, Lord, and help them by giving them wisdom to follow after you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Now, starting in the book of Psalms, we're going to read from Psalm 119 today, verses 113 through 128. And we are continuing with the Hebrew letter Samech in verse 113. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross, therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. And then the section for the Hebrew letter, Ayin, from verse 121. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. And so in uh, verses 113 through 128, we see that the Lord holds up the righteous. The Lord holds up, and by his word, uh, the psalmist prays unto the Lord, and by his word, they, he is held up by the Lord. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe. And that safety is of the Lord, which nothing can touch those that are held safe by the Lord. And the Lord puts away all evil and all wickedness from the earth. In verse 119, we see, even like the dross that needs to be taken away from silver or from gold, those impurities that will uh, taint the gold or the silver. And but when it is refined, when gold and silver is refined, it is made even more beautiful through that purging process and through that refining process. And in verse 121, we see that the psalmist is praying and crying unto the Lord that I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. I have done right. I have done after thy law. I have followed you, Lord. Please help me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Because of the Lord's righteousness, because of the Lord's glory and his perfectness, our eyes fail. They cannot see truly the righteousness and the glory of God. It is beyond our understanding, beyond our senses, but we can pray for the Lord's mercy. We can pray for the Lord to teach us his statutes as the psalmist is praying in verses 124 and 125, praying for understanding as well. And we, as the psalmist, should also hate every false way. We should hate, we should despise, we should not look to and not perceive and not seek after those falsities or falsehoods that will draw us away from God and away from his perfect word and his perfect will for our lives. Now, let's turn to 2 Samuel. We're going to read from chapter 15, verse 22 through chapter 16. And it says, 
And David said to Atai, Go and pass over. And Atai the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God. And Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here I am. Here am I, let him do to me, as seemeth good unto him. And the king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimeaz thy son, and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness, until there come word from you to certify me. Zadok, therefore, and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet, and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and he went barefoot. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up, weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head, unto whom David said, if thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city, and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant, then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priests? Therefore it shall be, that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimeaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son, and by them ye shall send unto me every thing that ye can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Chapter 16 and when David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him, with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and an hundred bunches of raisins, and an hundred of summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. And the king said unto Ziba, What meanest thou by these? And Ziba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine that such as be faint in the wilderness may drink. And the king said, And where is thy master? Son. And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem, for he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Ziba, Behold, thine are all that pertained unto Mephibosheth. Ziba said, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in thy sight, my lord, O king. And when King David came to Behurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gerah. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David, and at all the servants of King David, and all the people, and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the 
the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son, and behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more may this Benjamite do? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him, and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary, and refreshed themselves there. Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And it came to pass, when Hushai the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, God save the king, God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why wentest thou not with thy friend? And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him will I abide. And again, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in thy father's presence, so will I be in thy presence. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you what we shall do. And Hithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left, to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel both with David and with Absalom. Here in chapter 15 and 16, we see that David is fleeing away from Jerusalem, and he's coming across the book, the brook Kidron, and coming into this de desert and wilderness, and coming into the Mount of Olives and Mount Olivet beside Jerusalem. And Abiathar and Zadok the priest are carrying the Ark of God with the Levites and bringing it to follow after David. But David says unto them, No, the Ark must remain in the tabernacle. The Ark must remain in its place. You need to take it back. If the Lord is gracious unto me, I will come again and I will see the Ark of God again and I will be able to worship before him again. But if not, then it is the Lord's will. We should not bring the uh, the Lord's ark with us, but we should leave it where it is. And so he sends them back and sends them and their sons back as well to serve before the Lord and before the ark of the Lord. And David says that they can also bring him word again into the desert or into the wilderness whenever they hear anything that will give him counsel and a good advantage over his son Absalom when he, they come uh, and when Absalom is trying to reign and take the throne in Jerusalem then. At the top of Mount Olivet, Hushai the archite, which was a counselor of David, also meets David out in the way. And David uh, says unto him, to Hushai, to go back, that he is too old and he will be too slow for the company to be able to move quickly and move well to be able to escape. But if he stays in Jerusalem, 
He can give good counsel against the counsel of any of Absalom's counselors, and he can serve David in this way and turn the counsel of others to naught and defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And so in chapter 16, then, we see that Hushai now is in the city of Jerusalem as Absalom and his men are coming into Jerusalem. And as uh, chapter 16 is also beginning, we see that David and his men, as they're uh, coming to this top of the hill and uh, departing from the Mount of Olivet and from Jerusalem, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, which was the servant of Saul, uh, and Mephibosheth was the grandson of Saul, the son of Jonathan, Ziba comes and he has two donkeys that are laden with a bunch of packages, a, a bunch of food and of uh, bottles of wine for all the men of David to give them provision for the way in the wilderness that they are going. And David asks Ziba, where is Mephibosheth? And Ziba uh, gives him a lie and falsely says that Mephibosheth had said that uh, all of the house of Israel shall restore to him the kingdom of his father of the kingdom of Saul and saying that he will now come to the throne but once again this was a lie this was not the truth and so David said all that pertained unto Mephibosheth behold thine are all and so everything he says now is given to you that was Mephibosheth's and so Ziba is trying to do this to get gain and to uh, take from his master as well then Shimei, also of Saul's line, uh, comes and he curses David as they are fleeing and as they are leaving from Jerusalem. And they are weeping and they are crying the entire way now. They are lamenting that they must flee even from their own blood and from their own kindred and from the home and the place that uh, God has placed them in. And this in is one of multiple ways that God has bringing has brought the consequences of David's sin with Bathsheba and his sin by uh, by rejecting the word of the Lord, which the Lord had given unto the kings of Israel not to marry multiple wives, not to bring in many wives that would turn away their heart from God and that would cause much, uh, much pain and much heartache and much shame and much problems in the family. And we see that any time a man takes unto himself multiple wives or commits adultery, he causes great damage and great pain and there's always consequences that come with with that. Some of the consequences that came with this is that David will experience the pain and the shame of having even his own concubines or his own wives be uh, laid with by now his own son Absalom. David will be forced to flee. David will experience the death of his son Amnon. And then we'll see in the future that he'll experience the death of another son by his son Absalom when he dies as well. But now David is being cursed and he's experiencing this shame by Shimei, one of the lineage of Saul, as he is casting stones at David and all of the mighty men as the mighty men surround David on the left and on the right to protect him from these stones that are being cast at them. And the men, they want to go and cut off Shimei's head, but David says, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? You just want to kill everybody. That's your answer to every problem is to kill them or to cut off their head. But no, you will not kill Shimei, what if the Lord hath bidden him to curse me, and maybe the Lord will have mercy upon me for the cursing that Shimei is cursing me with? Then 
As we see it, when Absalom enters into Jerusalem, then Ahithophel gives him counsel, and he meets with Hushai the archite as well. Hushai says, I will be thy servant, I will be thy counselor, as I was with your father, I will be unto thee. Whoever God puts in the throne, whoever the people put in the throne, them in him will I serve. And so Ahithophel then gives Absalom this counsel of the uh, punishment and of the consequence and of the Lord for David's sin that God had ordained and prophesied or predicted that would come to pass as well. Uh, Ahithophel counsels Absalom to take David's ten concubines up to the roof and to lay with them in front of the sun and in front of all of Israel, bringing past this prophecy that the Lord had as one of the consequences of David's sin. And it says, The counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God, or as if uh, someone had been speaking from a messenger from God, directly from that messenger. And the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom, was this. And so this sets up for the next chapter, the diverse counsel of Ahithophel and Hushai, which we will look at tomorrow. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to read from chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. And it says, A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. And so we see that the lips of the king and the words that are given unto him to speak, he is speaking in the position of responsibility and the position of authority that God has placed in him. And that by that authority gives him the, the power of giving a divine sentence. If he uses that wisely, correctly, with good judgment and by the laws of God and the judgments of God, he gives a divine sentence that is a good sentence, but if he uses that wrongly, it's a divine sentence that is, um, is evil by that man's will in that position of authority. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment if he follows after the lord if he does the lord's will if he follows truly that leading of the lord and that uh, that yielding to the lord's spirit that gives him and directs him by that by the lord's leading and also we see in verse 11 a just weight and balance are the lord's all the weights of the bag are his work every correct weight is from the Lord. Every good measurement is from the Lord. But then that also means that evil weights, those that are falsities, those that are unbalanced, or those that are extra overweighted or underweighted to attempt to trick or to cheat people out of money and out of their hard-earned pay and out of their hard-earned produce, it is evil and it is corrupt. And so we should use right judgment. We should use right balances, right weights. We should um, use the right truth that the Lord has given to us from his word and right measurements. And we should not use wicked, wicked or evil or false measurements or false things to uh, use our own counsel or what is right in our own eyes in terms of sin to measure what is good and what we should follow after. We should follow after the Lord. Now turning to the book of John, we're going to read from chapter 18, verse 25, through chapter 19, verse 22. And it says, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter had cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. 
Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them, and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered, and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Chapter 19 Then Pilate therefore took Jesus, and scourged him. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns, and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe, and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again, and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man! When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him, and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest not thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth, and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king! But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus, and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. 
where they crucified him, and two other with him, and on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title, and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. In the second half of John chapter 18, we see the denial again two more times by Simon Peter, and after the third time that he denies that he was a follower and with Christ, the cock crows, the, the rooster crows after this third denial, and Peter realizes he has denied his very Messiah, his Lord and his Savior. And then they see we see that they led Jesus from Caiaphas' house unto the Hall of Judgment, this hall where Pilate would be reigning and ruling from and doing judgment from as the Gentile ruler and the Roman ruler of this area of Jerusalem and Judea. And they bring him here. And they say unto him, as he comes out to meet them, for all the Jews did not want to enter into this Gentile hall or territory, because they were afraid of being defiled and not being able to eat and participate in the Passover that was the next day. But they see that they send Jesus in there anyway, because they want to put him to death anyway. It doesn't matter to them if he is defiled or unclean or whatsoever. Pilate asks Jesus, when bringing him into the judgment hall, if he is the king of the Jews, and he says that my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. And Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou that king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. And to this Pilate questions and asks a famous question, asking, What is truth? Possibly this is a just one phrase response question that he would take from Greek philosophy, that is to question what is a virtue. What is a truth or one of these virtues that truth is recognized as that is one of those things that are not quite fully discussable and knowable? And so he questions this. And Jesus, we see that Jesus is truth. He has claimed and he has showed that he is truth, that all of his words are truth. And we see that Jesus also, yes, is a king, but his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is of heaven. And the kingdom from heaven is where God's, the Father, Father's perfect will is done, and his perfect word is given to the earth. It is where Jesus was sent from to accomplish the will of the Father. And uh, Pilate, he brings Jesus out, and he wants to release him. He says he finds no fault in them, and that there's a custom that he releases someone every year. But the crowd, they cry that they don't want Jesus, but they want Barabbas, a, a robber, a murderer, someone who is guilty of treason and guilty of trying to create insurrection and to defeat and kick out the Romans from Judea and from Israel against God's will. And so in chapter 19, we see then that Pilate now punishes Jesus. He tries to scourge him and to whip him with this cat of nine tails, this tool that was a torture tool and torture punishment where glass shards 
shards and bone shards and metal shards are tied to the end of multiple thongs of leather and it could be anywhere from like three to nine tails of this tool that would be used to whip and to scourge and to pour uh, kind of uh, plow furrows and lines into the back of its victim we see that this was predicted and prophesied in a psalm that these furrows would be dug into the back of our Savior and they whipped him and they scourged him for multiple times that were not even counted. Now in Jewish law, 39 stripes, 39 punishments in terms of this either whip or with a rod was the limit. But in this Roman law, in Roman rule, and when they scourged Jesus, they weren't even counting. We see that they also mocked him. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head, mocking him and punishing him and uh, cursing and painfully beating this crown into his head and the thorns deeper and deeper into his skin as they mock him. They beat him with their hands. They mock him and cry out, Hail the King of the Jews! And they put a purple robe upon him, which was a symbol and the color of royalty. And then they send him out before all of the people to show them that he had been mocked, that he had been hurt and scourged and punished. And Pilate says that I find no fault in him. This is what they do to a man that they count as faultless, but still they, they torture him. And the Jews answer, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself God. Pilate then sought to release Jesus because then he was more afraid that not only was he a king possibly, but he was the king from God. He was the son of God, and Pilate was afraid then for this. Jesus answered, thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above, pointing to the source of Pilate's authority, not Caesar, but God himself, who had allowed Pilate to be placed in this position of power and authority to execute the judgment of God against evildoers and to accomplish the will of God of allowing the Jews to reject their Messiah, their leadership to reject their Messiah in this time, and then to send him to the cross. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Speaking of those religious leaders, those political leaders of the nation of Judea, Pilate sought to release him, but eventually he washes his hand of his hands of this, and he says that I have no fault in this, and he releases them, the Lord Jesus Christ, unto the Jews, and they go and they crucify him at Golgotha, the place of the skull, where many men, criminals and treasonous men, would be crucified and tortured to their death by hanging from this tree. And we see that also two thieves were crucified on either side of him with Jesus in the middle, and Pilate writes a title sign and places it on Jesus' cross, Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. The Jewish leaders, they protest at this, saying, no, no, right, he said that he was the king of the Jews, but as Pilate said, what I have written, I have written, saying and knowing that he was not going to change what he had written. He was crucifying the king of the Jews, and we see that our king, our lordly, priestly king, the prince of peace, was crucified here at Golgotha, at this place of the skull, bearing all of the sin of the entire world upon his shoulders and upon his heart and paying the price, the ultimate price for that sin. Friend, let's never forget 
what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us to pay for our sin. Thank you for studying the Word of God with me today. I hope it has been a blessing for you to learn about our Savior and what He has, uh, the price that He has paid for us. And I hope that you will never forget what He has done for us. If you have any questions, any praises, any prayer requests, please send them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to look for those and to pray with you for them. Thanks once again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.